Stand with us, Colossians chapter number 3. I'm going to read three verses of Scripture, Colossians chapter number 3, and then bring the message that God has laid upon our heart. I might have a hanky over there. Colossians chapter number 3, and a familiar passage. Here it is. Familiar passage of Scripture, but it's what the Lord just uh, put on my heart tonight, so I pray it will be a help to you. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 23. The Bible says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of your inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. Heavenly Father, I ask you to touch this verse of Scripture these next few moments. Speak to our hearts, touch our hearts tonight, and may the will of God be done. Lord, do something eternal in all of our lives, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on Christian service. Christian service. And I want to say on the outset of this message that if anybody knew anything about Christian service, it would be the Apostle Paul. Amen? Uh, Apostle Paul was the uh, greatest missionary. I'm, con- I'm convinced he was the greatest missionary uh, in uh, uh, history since the, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. He won many souls and, and he preached the gospel of the grace of God. He was an apostle uh, that was born out of due time and he encouraged the saints and he encouraged the church uh, uh, to, to be involved in Christian service and I want to say tonight it's already been testified but it ought to be said again that God uh, never saved any of us to sin isn't that right? He saved us to serve and and he left us here in this world. You think about this world that we live in, we enjoy life and we thank God for life but it would make more sense for God to save us and to take us out of this world than to just leave us here uh, to go through the storms and the trials of life but one of the reasons that God does that is that we might bring glory glory and honor to his name uh, through our service for him. I remind you and I tonight that it does not matter uh, what your status is in society. It doesn't matter what your job title is tonight. We've all been called to serve and God has given us an opportunity in this life every day that we live to do something for his honor and for his glory. We don't have to have a title. We don't have to have a trophy. We don't have to have some form of recognition or some accolade in this life uh, uh, to serve God. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter your physical condition today. There is an opportunity and there's a privilege and there's a responsibility for all of us to be involved in the service of God. I would just say this before we get into this text tonight, that if you're going to serve God, it will involve some things. Number one, it's going to involve preparation. Amen. I've seen it down through the years as a pastor. There are many that want to go out and they want to serve God, but they want to buy past those times and those seasons in life uh, where God prepares you and he gets you ready. Some thought they were ready uh, only to find out that they were not ready to serve God. You remember whenever Peter told Jesus, uh, I'm ready to go to prison and to death. uh, And Jesus said, I prayed for you, Peter, because the truth was uh, before the sun uh, was ever to set, uh, uh, the cock would arise, uh, uh, the cock would crow three times uh, and remind Peter that he was not as prepared 
hard as he thought he was. I've seen it in young men. I've seen it in saints of God. Many thought they were capable to just step out. But friend, there's something to be said about those who are willing to stay put and to be prepared for the work of God. Amen. I say it all the time to the preachers. A call to preach is a call to prepare. Amen. And God knows when we're ready. It takes preparation. Secondly, it takes prayer if you're going to serve God. You can't serve God without praying. Amen. I mean, you can serve him in the energy of the flesh. You can do a lot of things. But you know what? You can work yourself to death and never really do anything for God. You can be involved in everything that's going on in the church, and you should. But if you do it without prayer, it will literally wear the flesh out. I'll tell you, if you'll pray and if you'll seek God, God will let you do more through the avenue of prayer and asking him to season your hands and season your labor than you'll ever do in the energy of the flesh. I'm just saying if you're going to serve God, Christian service involves preparation. That's why you go to Sunday school. That's why you come to church three times a week. That's why you sit under a pastor. That's why you sit under teachers. That's why you sit under men and women who have served God longer than you have so that you can be more prepared. But you've got to pray. You've got to stay on your face. You've got to stay on your knees if you want God's blessing in your service. Amen. It involves preparation. It involves prayer. And then it involves patience. Amen. To do the will of God involves patience. I wrote this down in the flyleaf of my Bible. I can't remember if D.L. Moody said it or Charles Spurgeon, but some great uh, patriarch of the faith, uh, faith said this. Uh, said, life's greatest search is to find the will of God. Life's greatest knowledge is to know the will of God. Life's greatest work is to do the will of God. And I put this underneath that, that life's greatest joy is to finish the will of God. And if you're going to know the will of God and do the will of God and fulfill the will of God, you're going to have to pray, but you're going to have to be patient. Amen. I'm telling you, God put me on the backside of a carpet mill in the, I mean, in a dungeon, literally. It was just down in the third, uh, third level of that mill uh, down in the basement area. Uh, God put me there for three and a half years. Uh, and Brother Laddie, it looked like uh, uh, 60 hours a week, 12 hours a day, and four hours of school at night. And I felt like I was doing nothing for God. Going to school four nights a week for four hours and working from daylight till dark. I didn't hardly have time to even be around my family. And I felt like God, what are you doing? These people don't want to hear nothing I have to say. I'm down here with a bunch of boxes in a basement. But you know what God was doing? He is putting a work ethic in me. Amen? And God was teaching me at the school of hard knocks and just being patient. I'm not telling you I graduated from it. I'm not telling you I'm authority on it. But I am telling you I've looked back through my life so many times uh, and what seemed like wasted time and what seemed like wasted hours and wasted days uh, were so vital in my life uh, and had I not stayed with it, I don't think I would be here today. I'm not much and I'm not trying to say that I am much. Uh, I'm just simply saying that if God's taught me anything in life, uh, the will of God involves patience, amen? And you've got to be willing to stay where God wants you to and be willing to do what he wants you to when he's willing to, amen? It involves patience. It involves persistence. Many have had great potential. Many have had great possibility. But they weren't willing to stay with it. There's a major lack of persistence in this day. Y'all don't die on me tonight. I'm telling you, listen, there ought to be longevity in church membership. 
There ought to be some longevity in Bible reading. There ought to be some longevity uh, in the home, in the family. There ought to be some longevity on a job, amen. I know sometimes you have to switch jobs, but you ought not change jobs like you change shoes, amen. Somebody say amen. You're going to have to stay somewhere. So you're going to have to You're going to have to labor. You ought to be faithful, amen. And don't be, a, a, listen, on time one week for Sunday school and late the next. I mean, for crying out loud, get up early enough and get ready. And if you can go to work five days a week and be on time, God help you. If you're not on time for Sunday school, that just needs to be preached, amen. And if you don't come to Sunday school, you need to start this Sunday, amen. And listen, I'm just simply saying this. It's important to be persistent, amen. Be persistent in tithing. Be persistent in serving God. Be persistent in passing out tracts. Be persistent in your prayer life. I'm taught me so a preacher sometimes I fall short. We all fall short. But be persistent in not stopping and getting back up and going back to it. I've never felt like I prayed enough any day of my life. But it's important to pray every day. It's important to talk to God every day. I'm talking about Christian service involves these things. Are you prepared? Do you pray? Do you have patience? Do you have persistence? When we come to this text tonight, Paul is talking about Christian service. And he wants us to see, first of all, the scope of it. And whatsoever you do. In other words, where is Christian service found? Is it found when you're given a Sunday school class? Is it found when you're given a pulpit and a place to preach? Is it found when you're giving something to do within the church? You see, a lot of times, if we're not careful, we'll think that's Christian service. Uh, But can I tell you something? Preaching on Sunday is our reward for laboring for God through the week. Uh, If this was all Christian service was, uh, there's not that much service to it. I'm not telling you, if you're a preacher, it takes a lot of hours to study and pray, but you've got to do more than that. Amen? I'm telling you, you've got to get up on Monday just like everybody else uh, and you got to go to work amen and you got to be busy and you've got to do something amen Christian service what is the scope of it I'll tell you the scope of Christian service uh, it's whatsoever you do whatever you do your job is not an accident God gave you that job it's your mission field and whatever you do, you ought to do a good job when you go to work. Can I get a witness right there? Don't be lazy. Man, I'm telling you, this society, you can't even order a hamburger nowadays uh, and get it right. Amen. Uh, they'll give you a drink and they won't put straws and napkin in the bag. Uh, that's not because they're forgetful. It's because they're lazy. Amen. Uh, you say, how do you know that same person every time I go the same place? Uh, you know what insanity is? Uh, it's doing the same thing over and expecting a different result when you do it. So I'm not down on them. I'm the one that's lost my mind. I, I don't know why. I keep going back to that place. Uh, and I'm telling you, we're talking about laziness. Uh, I'm telling you, listen, won't get out and mow the yard and do it right. I mean, if you're going to cut the yard, you ought to cut it right. Can I get an amen right there? If you're going to wash the car, wash it right. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, don't be lazy in your service. Uh, whatever you do, what makes a difference uh, is when you realize uh, that everything we put our hand to, we're to do it for the glory of God. Uh, it's to be a service to the King. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse number 9 says, whatsoever thy hand find it to do. Do it with all thy might. Amen. I mean give it your dead level best. Uh, Christian service. The scope of it is everything we do ought to be for him. That's the scope of it. Sometimes it's hard when you're a teenager and you're in school to see your school work as Christian service. Do you know there's a great testimony in being a good student in school. 
doing your work and keeping a good testimony, not being slothful in your schoolwork. If you're lazy in your schoolwork, you'll be lazy in life. You know that? If you want to just cheat in your schoolwork, you'll try to cheat when you get on the job. I'm talking about whatever you do counts, uh, and it'll follow you all the days of your life. Uh, I'm telling you, listen, uh, I have to work at spelling. Anybody like that? All right, four of us are telling the truth, all right? Y'all aren't English majors. I can tell by looking at you. Amen. But you know what? I have to work at spelling. Sometimes I even have to ask my wife, how do you spell this word? Amen. You know why that is? Because when I was a kid in school, I learned something that I'm not going to tell you about on how to write words because I don't want you to do it. But it crippled me. Amen. Because you know why? You have to follow. It follows you all the days of your life. I'm telling you, you don't get by with nothing in this life. But if you'll give your best for God for everything that you do, if you'll do it for the glory of God, if you'll see the sky scope of service uh, is when you go to work on Monday. If you'll see the scope of service uh, is when you're working around the house. Uh, those children are watching you. They're looking at the way you're uh, reacting. They're looking at the way you're conducting yourself. Uh, listen, mom, you're teaching those girls uh, how to be either a good housewife and keep a good house uh, or to be a lazy housewife. Amen. I'm telling you, no man wants to want marry some woman that don't know how to vacuum. Amen. They don't know how to mop the floor. Somebody say it, man, right there. I'm talking about don't know how to wash the dishes. And I'm not talking about a dishwasher, amen? I mean, if you got one, thank God, but you ought to not be lazy. Don't let them pile up. Whatever you do, it ought to be done for the glory and the honor of God, amen? Well, it's all in there somewhere. You'll have to dig it out. The scope, it needs to be preached because I'm telling you, this is a lazy generation. The scope, you boys, I mean, listen, if you borrow something, it ought to look better when you take it back. And take it back. Somebody say amen. Don't take it back dirty. Amen. Take it back clean. Don't take it back broken, but take it back fixed right. If you break it, you buy it. Can I get an amen right there? I'm talking about the scope of it. I don't know why I'm preaching all that, but I'm not sorry that I said it. I'm just saying the scope of Christian service, uh, then the sincerity of Christian service. Uh, for he said, do it heartily as to the Lord. There it is. Uh, you see, if whatever you do, if you do it heartily, if you're doing it sincerely uh, to the Lord, then you'll always do your best. Amen. You see, God doesn't say we have to be the best. You don't have to be the best singer. I'm glad it's not that way in this church. I'm telling you, listen, it's not about who can sing the best. It's not about who can preach the best. It's not about who can play the best instrument. You ought to give your best. Amen. But if your best is your best, then my friend, you're doing it for the glory of God. Then God will be pleased. Amen. I'm talking about the sincerity. You ought to do it from the heart. Hallelujah. You see, us preachers, years to years ago, I would preach, and if a lot of people came to the altar, I felt like God moved. If nobody came, I felt like what was wrong. And God had to teach me, you're not preaching for results. Because at the end of the day, you don't even know what's happening when the altar's full. And you don't know what God did when nobody came. I'm telling you, we like to see people respond, and we like to respond. But the Lord had to teach me uh, that preaching has to be for one reason, and it's the glory of God, obedience to the Lord. That's what service is about, sincerity. Listen, you don't do something because somebody is looking. You don't do something to get a pat on the back. You don't do something to get a handshake. You don't do something to get somebody's uh, approval. No, you do it to glorify God and to honor Him. And as it's already been said, that's what will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. It's everything that I've done sincerely for 
before the Lord. Shocking, but you know, you could preach a sermon. And it could all be right doctrinally. It could, have, it could be right homiletically. Have, all, have an outline that anyone would want to hear. A great delivery. You can quote scripture. Everything can be order, in order and people can walk away and say, man, I got help. But if you didn't preach it with a sincere heart, then it'll burn up at the judgment seat. I'm telling you, God's going to put our works in the fire. He's not looking for accolades and applause and approval of men. God knows everything that I've ever done that I did it out of a pure heart. He knows everything I ever did that wasn't for Him. And all that's going to burn up at the judgment seat. He's talking about the scope of our Christian service, the sincerity. And I'll tell you why sincerity is so important. Because when things get hard and things get rough and it doesn't seem, seem like anybody's standing in your corner, even though that's not true, but when the devil comes pounding on you and says, look, you've done all this and nobody's even noticed it. If you've done it for the Lord, I promise you Proverbs 15 and verse 3, the eyes of the Lord are every place beholding the evil and the good. I'm telling you, when others walk away, when others fail to recognize, you'll not get the pooch lip and say, well, nobody ever never notices anything I do. It's not about that this morning or this evening. It's about doing it to serve God and the scope of our Christian service and the sincerity of our Christian service. But then notice the subtraction of our Christian service. Not unto men. Not unto men. Don't do anything for the approval, the applause, or the glory of men. I understand we're accountable to each other, and I understand that we want to please each other in the sense that we appreciate those who have went on before us, and we want to follow the, their example. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But what, I, what the Bible is saying here is that in our Christian service, it cannot be about eye service. It cannot be about what others think. Uh, you know, when you do the will of God, listen, you've got to get under your pastor, get under uh, the authority of the local church uh, and serve in that local church. Uh, at the end of the day, as you serve God, uh, uh, listen, you can't do it. Uh, it can't be a competition. Can I get an amen right there? I'm telling you, that'll kill the spirit in any church. It'll grieve the Holy Spirit in any church when it becomes a competition. I'm telling you, listen, you want God to bless your singing, you say amen when other people sing. You want God to bless your preaching, you get behind other preachers when they preach. You want God to touch your teaching, you have a teachable spirit. You want God to move and work and bless when you do something, you gotta scotch others up and prefer your brother before yourself. I'm telling you, if you'll put others in the forefront, God will always bless what you do but if you gotta be number one if you gotta be first if you feel like you're entitled to something you'll never do anything for God I've watched it in our Bible college I've watched preachers come in that thought they had a lot to offer and maybe they did but I've watched them take a back seat and I've watched others come in who felt like they had nothing to offer and it's true because none of us do. And I've watched God use them. I'm telling you the way up with God is down. And I'm telling you it doesn't matter how long you've been serving God. You have, I have to remind myself. And may the Holy Spirit always remind me that I need Him every day. I can't do anything without Him. I want to tell you the subtraction is don't do anything to be seen. And that ought to be preached because I'll tell you, social media has destroyed Christianity in a lot of places today. Brother, people can't burp without putting it on social media. 
Brother, I'm telling you, everything they do has to be known abroad. I'm not talking about, uh, listen, uh, using it as a tool and using it for something for your family. I'm telling you, there's so much self-promotion today and people have to be, want everybody to think well and they want to build a platform for themselves. But I'm telling you, serve God and don't worry about what others say. Don't worry about the, the don't worry about the, the criticism, but don't worry about the compliments neither. Amen. Don't go around wishing somebody. I mean, you ever seen somebody fishing for a compliment. I mean, they fish for them. You ever seen that? I like to compliment people, but I don't like it when they want to fish for it. You know, you know how they do that, don't you? Well, I don't really know if that's a good sermon or not. What, what, what do you think? What do you fellas think about that sermon? That's what I'd say. Oh, it was terrible. I agree with you. Let's go ahead and agree with them. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I did good on that song. What do you think about that song? I mean, what do you think about that song? Like they're going to tell you. You did a terrible job. Y'all know I'm telling the truth tonight. I'll tell you, sometimes God lets us fall on our face for a good reason. And sometimes what appeared that we fell on our face, God just hid from us. How others got helped so that pride would not get in our life. And so that we would not do it for them but Him. I'm convinced God will only let you and I see enough in this life that we've done for Him. To just encourage us along the way. The scope of Christian service, the subtraction, the sincerity. And then I want you to notice the security. Where's the security at in serving God? Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive. I want to say tonight the security is knowing that it's of the Lord we're going to receive anything. You realize tonight, all we can do is give somebody a compliment. And there's nothing wrong with encouraging people. There's nothing wrong with complimenting people and helping them along. But that's all we can do is give encouragement. I mean, listen, we can give some word uh, that may help a brother along the way. But it's the Lord that's going to do the rewarding in the end. And that's our security is it doesn't really matter. Jeremiah looked like a failure. The apostle Paul spent more time in prison and he looked like a failure. You think about it. I mean, Ezekiel looked like a failure. Daniel living in captivity looked like he wasn't doing anything. These great patriarchs of the faith, uh, even our Savior on a cross, uh, naked between two thieves, he died. uh, And it looked like Calvary, looked like an utter failure in the eyes of this world. Uh, Oh, but God does his greatest work behind the scenes. Uh, I'm telling you those uh, that may never get recognition down here and those that may never be elevated down here, they're going to be trophies uh, of the grace of God in Christian service. Uh, On the other side, uh, I would say to some priest, that's preaching in some little church and feels like they're doing nothing for God. I encourage them to keep on preaching. There's some missionary that's traveled mile after mile and has not seen their support come to the level they need it to be. Just keep on preaching. Amen? I tell you, you gotta preach when the house is full, but you gotta preach when it's empty. You gotta preach when people are glad, but you gotta preach when they're mad too. Amen? You just gotta keep on preaching. I'm telling you, be faithful, child of God. You may look like a In your mind, you're doing nothing. But know that of the Lord, he's going to see it. And I want to say tonight that the security is not what others know. Don't spend, it's miserable. I I look at some people and I feel sorry for them. They can't do anything without letting others know. And in the end, it doesn't matter what others know. The only thing that matters is what he knows. And all he knows everything about us. 
the security, the success, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. Can I tell you this tonight? The inheritance, think about that. If I never earned a crown, and I believe we can receive a crown, I believe we can have confidence that we'll get a crown. Paul, when he died, 2 Timothy chapter 4, said, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Paul wasn't only looking, but he was expecting a crown. And I believe that we can. But I want to say if we never got a crown, we have an inheritance undefiled. One that's reserved in heaven that fadeth not away for you. Do you realize that if God never gave us a, a, never gave us a word of encouragement, if God never rewarded us for any of our service down here through the life that is spent for Him, it really wouldn't matter on the other side if we didn't get a reward because we have an inheritance. Uh, I want to tell you tonight the greatest, uh, uh, greatest privilege that any of us have in this church uh, is to be able to raise our hand and say that we're a child of the King. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm glad I'm not what I used to be. I used to be a child of wrath. I used to be without God and without hope in this world. If he never gave me another blessing, if he never passed my way again, if he never did another thing, if he never recognized any service, oh, to have the inheritance on the other side, understand on heaven's bright shore and to be able to enjoy the glory of God, what a reward that is. It'll be enough, amen. To see Jesus will be enough, amen. Can you imagine that? When we cross through that portal and we land safely on the other side and we realize no devil, no storms, no sin to deal with anymore. And we see his face and we know that we made it. By the grace of God, we made it. It's over with. Every negative thing we would ever think of is forever gone in all of eternity. And the future holds nothing but him. That's an inheritance beyond compare. The success, the satisfaction is that we serve the Lord Christ. Hey, that's the satisfaction tonight. Is that you have to remind yourself, I have to remind myself that what we're doing, we're not doing it for them. We're not doing it for each other. We're doing it for him tonight. Serving God. I thought about, I thought about uh, so many missionaries that have went to the foreign field and never thought of on this side down here. They're forgotten on the field for years. You know, everybody knows the story of, um, of uh, Elizabeth Elliot. But I thought about it, and her name slips my mind at the, at the moment. It wasn't Nate Saint's mother, but it was the other lady that spent all the years there. Elizabeth Elliot came back. And she was there all those years. And I know you know who I'm talking about. And uh, she stayed there for 50-something years, I think it was. She died on the mission field. Her husband was killed just like Jim Elliott. And I listened to that story not too long ago and listened to Nate Saint talk about her. It might have been his mother. I can't remember. It was his sister, wasn't it? Stayed there all those years. Nate Saint's sister. She never came back home. She stayed with that tribe that killed her husband. Can you imagine how far ahead she's going to be at the judgment seat? She's forgotten. And I don't mean this in the wrong way. I think you'll understand what I'm saying. Elizabeth Elliot came home and God used her greatly. What a great testimony she was and encouragement to so many others. 
But to some degree, she had some recognition in this world. I'm simply saying tonight that the satisfaction is not to be seen, but to just serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you serving God? Are you serving Him? Are you going to serve the Lord this week? I know you're going to go to work. I know you're going to raise a family. But are you going to do what you do for the glory of God? Are we going to serve Him? Notice the service, the satisfaction. Then I want you to see the sin. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. Young people, you ought to underline that verse. He that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. Have you ever looked at somebody doing wrong while you're serving God? And thought, man, they're doing wrong and look at them. Looks like they're getting by. It looks like the, I mean, they're, they're out there doing all kinds of things that gets the preacher preaches against. My, my parents has told me it was wrong, but I'm telling you, here they are. They got a big F-250, and they got a bass boat, and they, and they got a bigger house than I've got. And I mean, listen, they got nicer clothes, and, and everything just goes seemingly so well for them. And, and they say they're saved, and look how they're living their life. They don't even think about serving God. And think, here I am struggling just to get by. Here I am struggling just to make ends meet. And it seems like the worse they live, the better things get. Oh, don't, don't follow that. Don't swallow that. Because the Bible don't lie right here. He that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. I'm going to tell you where that comes into play in Christian service. When you're serving God and others do wrong, you always do right. I don't care how they treat you. I don't care what they say about the church. What they say about the preacher, his wife, his children, what they may say about your Sunday school teacher, let them run their mouth. Let them say whatever they will because vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Somebody put some clip about the Jubilee, uh, something that was said and preached. And... uh, Man said to me, he said, you ought, to, you ought to listen to it. I said, why do I want to listen to that? I said, I'm not, I don't care what they say about us. Is that right? And I sure ain't going to try to come back and defend. You know, you know, when you're right, you don't have to defend yourself. And when you're doing right, you don't have to look over your shoulder. You don't have to reply. You don't have to retaliate. i tell you what you can do. Just keep on doing what you've always done. The proof's in the pudding, amen? It'll all come out in the wash in the end, amen? You keep doing right. You let them keep doing what they're doing. And when you get to the end of the way, I promise you it'll be Psalms chapter 1. You'll be living in verse number 3. They'll be living in verse number 6. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I I tell you, there's one thing I don't want to do in this life. I I don't want to be a castaway. I don't want to be a has-been. I don't want to fall out. And greater men than I have fallen out and fallen by the wayside. I just want to finish well, don't you? I just want to finish in the will of God. I want to hear him say, well done. Now, good and faithful servant. I tell you, if you're going to do that, you'll have to purpose to do right. Amen. Hey, let me say this. When your friends drop their convictions, don't you even question. What you've stood on. I've had, there's been people set. Listen, I don't, I'm not against this, but I'm also not for it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Maybe you can figure it out. I don't get up and tout 
my convictions or our convictions. I really am not for people just getting up and saying publicly their convictions about every little thing. And I hope you don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't mind somebody, but, but I've seen that. Have you ever seen somebody do that? And I believe, I believe and what they're saying, I, may, I believe it wholeheartedly. But when you do right, you don't have to announce it. So I'll tell you what I've seen out of that crowd. I've watched them announce it. And then I've watched them years later on go all the way the other way. You know why that happens? Because it wasn't real in their heart. I'm telling you, when something's real in your heart, you don't have to tell everybody. You just do it, live it, and God will bless you for it. Because at the end of the day, you, you and I know, we're, we know we're sorry and low down, and we're not good for nothing anyway, aren't we? Amen. I mean, I'm not saying that to you personally. I'm just saying this flesh is that way. I'm talking about the sin is when people do wrong. God, And then notice the standard. There is no respect to persons. That can be seen in the verse it's seen in a negative light. God is no respect to person. He will pay those who do wrong, repay those who do wrong. People think they're going to do wrong and get by. Nobody gets by. But it can also be seen in the positive sense. That God's no respecter of persons. I like that old song, God will take care of you. I heard it. I heard it this morning. It just, it just blessed my soul. I look back through my life, God has taken care of me. Can you see that in your life? He's took care of you. He's took care of me financially. I, I don't have any money. Everybody thinks preachers are rich, but we don't have no money. That's why Paul said, or Peter said, silver and gold have I none. Amen. But I tell you, God's always took care of me. He's paid my bills. He's blessed me beyond what I ever had. He's took care of me. He's took care of me in my health. I may come down with cancer to die for all I know. But I tell you, God's been good to me in my health. And if I got sick tonight, all I could say is, God, you've been good to me. Thank you for all the many years. You kept me, you kept me out of the hospital. You kept me. And some people, they, it's their life to suffer. And you're never more like Jesus than when you suffer. And I, I feel sorry for those. But, but I have to say, he's blessed me and he's been good to me. In that. And then he's, he's took care of me going up and down the road. Think about that. How many times you got behind the wheel of a car? And it don't matter if you drive 500 miles or 50 miles a day. Now I'm telling you, more people get killed in their hometown than they do traveling anyway. But you think about it, how many times you got behind the wheel, never thought twice about it, and went down the road and topped the hill, and there was something that could have took you out or took your life, but God was there before you could get there. He watched out for you. He took care of you. I'm just simply saying, he's no respecter of persons. And if you want to serve God, you may think you have nothing to offer God, and you don't in reality, but if you'll just offer yourself and if you'll just make yourself available and if you'll be willing, here's the key, if you'll be willing to do anything that God wants you to do and if you'll not put a stipulation on it and if you'll not put a, listen, if you'll not put some kind of, a, a, listen, a, a boundary in it and if you'll not expect something great out of God, God will use you. I remind you, what a stallion. That Jesus came riding into town on as a donkey. But I'll tell you, everybody wants to be a stallion. But I tell you, on that day, I sure wouldn't want to have been a donkey, wouldn't you? There's been a lot of there's a lot of thoroughbreds probably in that day, but none of them had the privilege of doing what that little donkey did. 
And I'm going to tell you, God's not looking for stallions. God's just looking for somebody, anybody, that'll surrender and say, Lord, I, I want you to use my life. Use it for the glory of God as they come and get us a song ready. Christian service. Christian service tonight. You preacher, would God use me? Make yourself available. You have to be willing, though, to surrender your life to the Lord. Look around in your life. You're not, look where God's got you at. He's got you there for a reason. And quit thinking that there's something green or something better. Look where you're at. That's where He's put you. And He's placed you there for a reason. And fulfill that reason. And whatever God wants in your life beyond that point, He'll do it in due time, due season, in His own way. I've said it oftentimes, and I'll say it again. You don't have to find the will of God. You don't have to figure out the will of God. If you'll wait, if you'll be patient, if you'll pray, if you'll be persistent, and if you'll just prepare yourself, God's will will always find you as we stand tonight. How about it tonight? Our heads are about, eyes are closed. You don't have to come, but if you need to come, I invite you to come tonight. Lord, I just want to be available. You see, the greatest thing that you may do for God may be tomorrow. And it may be small in somebody else's eyes, but it may be the most needful thing that God wants you to do. You think about whoever won you to Jesus. In your life, that's the greatest thing they ever did. may not be to them, but to you, it's the greatest thing. They brought you to the foot of the cross. What more could be said than that?